0: Welcome back, party people, to the place everybody wants to be. You know it. You love it. It, of course, is Victory Lane. We have made it. I have done it. We have done it. Episode 200, party people. I'm going to put my microphone down for a sec. Now I'm picking it back up. That's what you've had for 200 straight episodes, people. Oh my God, I, I cannot believe we've made it. You know, I, I will say this. This podcast is not as popular as DBC, Dale Jr. Download, The Teardown, Insert, whatever NASCAR podcast here, but I have so thoroughly enjoyed getting to just carve out a little bit of time, whether or not I have it or not, and try to put together a some semblance of a show for you guys for 200 straight times. and. If you guys have been OGs too, you were with me before we switched over to 2.0. So this is 200 episodes of Victory Lane, not counting what we had on the OG Victory Lane feed when I was in college at Michigan State at WDBM Impact 89 FM. Uh, so if you're a real OG, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not, you're probably like, what the hell is he saying? Look, this episode, it's not going to be any different than any of the other ones besides me blibbering and blabbering a little bit. Um, as I said last week, as you're listening to this, I'm currently in Italy. Uh, I may be in Iceland by the time you're listening to this, but I'm recording this while I'm home. This is uh, inside baseball for you folks. I'm so honored to say that the guest this week is one of the best drivers. I don't think it's hyperbolic to say in the history of the sport, in the history of motorsports, Kyle Larson. People, how about that? I know, I know. He does a lot of interviews for a big time cup driver like that who's a champion. But I will just say, you know, you guys know that I try to do different stuff here on Victory Lane. I'm not getting big-time cup drivers. Danny Hamlin's not coming on here. Neither is Jimmy Johnson. Neither is Kevin Harvick. Neither is Kyle Busch. But I knew that I could potentially get Kyle Larson because he does do interviews. Now, it's obviously not a long-form chat. Would have loved to sit down with Kyle for an hour, maybe even two, and just pick his brain on racing and non-racing stuff. But realistically, that's not going to happen. But when the opportunity presented itself that I could potentially get a Cup Series champion and again, one of the best to ever do it in motorsports on this show to celebrate a landmark episode, why the hell not, right? So Kyle Larson is our guest here today. I'm not even going to waste any time. I'm just going to get right to it with Kyle. We chatted about a lot of different things. And you know when you have limited time with somebody, you try to make the most of it. I didn't really want to have too much chit-chat back and forth. Oh, how's the season going? You know, you ready for the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. I wanted to get Kyle in a different frame of mind. I wanted to ask some different questions to Kyle that you don't really get to in a usual 10, 15-minute interview when you're on the radio or you're doing a TV hit or when you're even doing media scrums or press conferences at the racetrack. I wanted to see a different side of Kyle, and I think that that was kind of portrayed in our chat here stuff outside of racing as it pertains to him off the racetrack his family his wife his kids those types of things now don't get me wrong we got into a lot of racing discussion but this is not a typical kyle larson interview if you guys are fans of his or or know what he's like in interviews i tried to make it a little bit different so hopefully that comes across and again i just want to thank him for carving out some time and his pr rep autumn as well at hendrick motorsports who i've known for a handful of years now For helping coordinate this conversation for a man that quite literally, not even joking about it, has one of the busiest schedules in the sport. So I will now get out of the way, stop blibbering and blabbering, and let you hear an interview weeks, months, years in the making. Episode 200's guest is young money, Kyle Larson. Pleasure to welcome on to the show this week. A guest fitting of a milestone episode on the pod. Episode 200's guest is Young Money, Kyle Larson. Let me get this out the way first: Are you cool with that nickname? Like, I know that was kind of anointed to you when you were young and winning races and winning money, but do you claim that nickname? I don't know.
1: <laughs> I don't mind it. I, I, I like, uh, I like it. I've had it now for gosh, like 12 years. So. Yeah yeah i think i think it's fitting you know as long as everybody gets the spelling right of it you know with no with no o no kind of kind of give uh, a little uh shout out to my heritage of of being you know asian so (laughs) um yeah i think it's i think it's cool i like it i don't mind it i like when nicknames don't rhyme like they don't rhyme with your last name so young money young money is good
0: that's fair. The problem is, though, what Ryan Blaney ran into, he was young Ryan Blaney. Now he's slightly older Ryan Blaney. When he gets older, I don't know what the deal's going to be. So we'll see.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that's where the spelling, I think that's where the spelling True. of young can save my nickname a little bit.
0: There you go. It's like you planned ahead of that. I like how you did that. Um. All right. So I want to get into a lot of different areas with you today in the limited time we have. Um, the success that you've had in, in every form of motorsports, it speaks for itself, but NASCAR specifically, Hendrick Motorsports specifically. All of that has come with Cliff Daniels atop the war wagon for you as your crew chief. I'm curious. From the outside looking in, he is a robot. He is like Chad canals 2.0. So you tell Don't me. Tell- <laughs> does he crack though? Like is he
1: like that away from the racetrack all the time? He I would I mean, so he carries a level of intensity with him all the time, for sure. <laughs> um but I would say, you know, he's he's a little that intensity is always there. But away from the track, at least when I've been around him away from the track, he's definitely more lighter, but uh, he he does take everything super serious. Like, I mean, we took, I took him on uh, my boat, um, I don't know, a month and a half ago or so. It was a nice day. We didn't have to fly out on a Friday or something. So we went on the lake and, um, you know, he'd never been wake surfing before and like, watching him try to figure this out was like a mat like how you would imagine cliff daniel was trying to learn something new just like yeah. so focused just like trying to do everything just right and, and he figured it out you know he did he, he did a really good job and, and ended up being able to do it and then then you know i get on and and then you know i'm trying I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to, how to do a 360 so uh i still have not been able to do it but you know he's uh then he switches to like crew chief mode, you know, where he's like, imagine him looking at SMT and telling me how to change my driving style during the race. That was him while I'm failing at trying to do a 360 and he was coaching me super well. And, and I got to a point where I was like really close to, to landing this 360. So, um, yes, he's always, he's definitely a little bit of a robot, but, uh, in a good way. And, um, he's just a great, he's a great leader, you know, he holds everybody to a high standard. So, you know, when you when you fail him, it uh it you it feels bad. You know, so like the last couple weeks I've messed up and and uh I hate it because I know how bad he wants it, but but even everybody on our team. So but that's just that's his leadership and that's how he you know he kinda operates and, and I appreciate it. I appreciate the competitiveness in, in everything that he does in life.
0: Even wakeboarding. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: So he has a very cool, calm, mild-mannered demeanor, right, over the radio, and clearly even when you're wakeboarding on the lake. It seems like you have that, too. I mean, we've seen a couple times this year when you've been wronged, and even last year with Bubba, when he came over trying to fight you, you were literally just like, no, bro, I'm not about it. Like, I, I know who I am. I know my size, my stature. I'm not doing it. Have you ever been in a fight or an altercation, like a legitimate one, at the racetrack, any racetrack?
1: No, never, never the thing with Bubba was like as close as I've, like that's the first time anybody's like put their hands on me really. Um, so no, I, I've never, I've never been close to getting in a fight. And at least maybe in my mind, like maybe Bubba thought like we were close to fighting, but in my mind, I was not close to fighting because no. <laughs> I wasn't about to get beat up in front of the stands, but, uh, no, no, it's, um, I don't know. I just, I don't even like, like, I think back to, like, when people, you know, come over to me and are, are mad and, I'm, you know, I'm like, man, how are they going to be as I see them walking over? Like, my heart rate doesn't get up. I'm not, like, even when, even the thing with Bubba is going on, like, like, he's shoving me and I'm like, I just felt calm because I'm like, I'm not, like, I, my adrenaline doesn't get, get up enough to feel like I need to swing or, or push back or anything like that. So, um, I don't know. I'm just not a fighter. I'm not a fighter. I don't like confrontation. I don't even like, like, I don't, I, I rarely get, like, super mad at people. um and, and surely I've never been mad enough to want to go fight. So, um, you know, it's just not in my DNA.
0: Speaking of uh, the California cool, as they say, you have moved out to the West Coast, not full-time, I take it, but you're basically living in Scottsdale most of the time nowadays. Why and when did you guys opt to make that move?
1: Yeah, we I would say we still we still are in North Carolina the most. Um, yeah. So I, we bought a house in Scottsdale, um, at the, well, really we, we closed on it, um, like championship week last year. So, you know, early November and I don't know, I just wanted to get, I wanted to get somewhere where I really enjoy, you know, I love, I love Arizona. It's a little closer to our family and, and our really close friends kind of get away from, you know, North Carolina, which I don't, I have a lot of friends here, but like, you get to seeing the same people all the time, you know, it's nice for a little change and and going out there, you always have great weather. So, you know, it was good. It was good to be out there. We were out there from like November to, you know, middle of March and, you know, Caitlin was pregnant that time of year too. So it was good. You know, her family could drive from California to Arizona. My parents came for the holidays. Uh, Once we had Cooper, you know, they they all got to spend some time we have friends out there as well. So, um, yeah, it's just really enjoyable and, and I honestly wish I could go out there and, and I, w- I would live out there full time for sure. Even through the hot summer months, I, I think I would enjoy, um, being out there, but, um, it's tough right now, you know, with, with three kids and all the racing and the travel and all that, it, it makes yeah. it difficult to get out there too often, but we plan on spending the off seasons out there for sure.
0: A lot of good golf out there. Like you said, um, I know that the weather's uh, a perk, but you mentioned being a father of three. I'm curious how that has been so far, how much sleep are you getting and maybe more importantly, how much sleep is Caitlin getting?
1: <laughs> well, the sleep has gotten much better. It was, uh, it was tough. It was really tough at first. Um, Cooper, he had colic, which a lot of babies you'll get and for the first four or five months. It was miserable. Like it was, uh, when he wasn't screaming, he was, he was great, but, um, he would not ride well in a car. He would, he was scream. If you're on a three hour car ride, he'll scream for at least two and a half hours of it. Oh. Um, and I, you know, like from 6 PM to 10 PM, it would just be all out screaming, like can't get him to stop. So, um, but it's gotten better. It, it, that, that part of it's kind of gone away. He's great in the car. Doesn't, you know, scream. He goes to bed pretty easily, but the thing I'm struggling with right now is because of all of that, you know, we, we would have him in our bed a lot, you know, just to comfort him. And now he's like pretty committed to our bed. So oh. I, I've been trying to convince Caitlin it's time to get him out and we try, but man, he, he loves his mom and he wants to be snuggled up to her. So I might have to, I might have to find a new room to sleep in, but, uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's good. And, and, you know, the other kids as they as they get older, they get easier too. Um Audrey though, she's actually the last couple of nights, she's uh she's been sleepwalking. So um that's been fun to deal with. Uh, oh, am. <laughs> but uh no, it's uh, it's always it's always fun and, and something new as a parent.
0: Never a dull day in the Larson house, whether it's in Arizona or North Carolina, I take it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned Caitlin. Uh, A lot of people know her for when you win that she just grabs whatever alcoholic beverage in a can that she sees in sight and shotguns the hell out of it. When's the first time you saw her shotgun a beer? And is that the moment when you knew she was the one?
1: (laughs) Uh, Gosh, I mean, it would have been a long time. So they used to have her and her brother. I remember like we would go on the boat, you know, because Brad, her brother, Brad Sweet, he raced for Casey Kane. And this is back when Casey was racing and, um racing cup cars and you know he lived he pretty much lived with Casey. But we would go on the lake and and Brad, her brother, he loves drinking beer too. So they had what's called the chuggler, like a beer bone basically, but but like a a plastic mug with the funnel and the you know, whatever. And um yeah they would rip that juggler like all day on the boat and uh, i'm like god i don't i don't like beer so um i'm like that's disgusting but then yeah she she uh shotgun that beer when i won the playoff race at dover uh i don't know a handful years ago and the cameras happened to catch her doing it and and that kind of turned into her thing but uh here the last year and a half or so since she got pregnant obviously she couldn't do it and then um since we've had this last baby she's she's like i'm only gonna do it maybe for like really big wins so she did it uh she did it for the all-star race this year i think that's the first time i've seen her shotgun anything in a long time
0: yeah i hear you on that um you guys are moving and shaking going everywhere so often you're in planes motorhomes driver's lounges et cetera, et cetera. And you do that year round. What is one essential that you need to have when you're on the road, whether you're flying somewhere, driving somewhere, or staying in the motorhome? One essential.
1: Oh, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think of something that's like not your your normal thing, I guess that that I would have. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I typically like when I'm flying, I I bring a neck pillow. Um, <laughs> That's, I would say that's what I, I have in my backpack at all times is a, is a neck pillow. Um, just to try and get a little bit more comfy on the, uh, the airplane. I gotcha.
0: I could have used one of those the past weekend. Um, who is uh, one driver, whether it's from the dirt <laughs> ranks, outlaws, dirt late models, whatever, that you think hasn't really gotten a fair shot at going to the next level, whether that be the World of Outlaws or NASCAR, doing whatever they want to do, that hasn't really gotten that shot because you have a really keen eye for talent and you have kind of gone through the ranks from dirt to Daytona, no pun intended. Is there one driver that comes to mind for you that maybe hasn't gotten that shot yet that could?
1: Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel, I mean, everybody's had, not everybody, but a lot of people have had, have had some sort of a shot. Um, and I don't even, I, I'm, I'm, You know, I'm nervous calling it a shot, but, you know, because, for instance, like David Gravel or somebody, you know, he only – he got to run two truck races, so some people would look at that like, oh, he got a shot. But um, that was back when there was no practice. Um, You know, he – I don't remember who paid for it, but, like, somebody had to pay for it. Um, So stuff like that. But, um, you know, I think – you know, I look at some of the kids – that were in the Toyota the Toyota development program and, and I'm not knocking Toyota at all yeah you know, they did they did a lot for me coming up and, and they did a, a I'm I'm super happy and proud of them for getting Yo know, Bell all the way to where he's at um but I feel like they their their development program at this point because they have gotten so many people to the cup series now there's really no like where for them to go for their, their for their kids to go so like a, a guy like Buddy Cofoid or Logan Seedy who is so good in dirt racing really never got like a fair chance i don't believe i don't know the ins and outs of it but i don't feel like much was devoted to them to like really make it to the to the cup level because there was no seat available you know in the the foreseeable you know four to five years of them being able to get to cup so you know then they kind of fizzle out of the toyota program and then now they're just full-time dirt racers so right both of those guys i look at as if they got the proper time to to make it they could have totally made it
0: i know i got like less than five minutes with you so i'm gonna jump around a couple places here just stick with me you have won so many different races in so many different forms chili bowl knoxville nationals belated congratulations on another one by the way prairie dirt classic cup championship besides the daytona 500 and of course the indy 500 which we'll get to in a minute what other races are on your bucket list that not just you want to win, but just take part in and compete in?
1: Well, I would say the next one that I want to win um, for sure, and it's coming up in you know, a couple weeks, is the Southern 500, um, or really just a cup race in general at, at Darlington. Uh, I've been so fast there my whole career, and I just, I've just i let them slip away a few times and, and whatnot. You know? So I would love to win in there. And, uh, you know, if we go in there in a couple weeks, that'd be amazing. But other events I'd want to, would want to compete in that I haven't yet. I don't really know. I'd have to think about it. Um, I I'm honest, I get so busy and wrapped up in everything that I, that I do that I don't even really have time to like see what other races and in what other series are out there for me to yeah. compete in. I guess, you know, 24 hour Lamar, maybe someday would be, would be cool.
0: Cause you've done Daytona, you've won Daytona. So other 24, that makes sense, I guess. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I think having experience racing a little bit of IMSA stuff and, and running a 24-hour race would give me a little bit more confidence to go and do a, a big event like that.
0: Sure. Um, people have put you for a long, long time in the same breath as drivers like AJ Foyt, Tony Stewart, Mario Andretti, guys that have won in all different forms of disciplines, dirt, asphalt, open wheel, stock cars, to be lumped into the same sentence as those guys guys that are on another level a different stratosphere how does that make you feel
1: yeah i mean i think it's it's an honor for sure you know um to be compared to to you know legends like that um but at the same time i really you know there's a lot of times i don't feel like i'm you know i shouldn't be compared to them at least at this point you know i'm only 31 years old you know i I would hope to have a, a lot a lot longer your career left than me and and hopefully a lot more races that uh races or championships to win to really be compared to those guys or at least feel confident that like okay you know i I hear that and and i believe it um you know i i think the potential is there but do i think i'm to, to the to the resume of aj foy or you know guys like that um no i don't think so but again i'm only 30 one. So, um, hopefully I can, I can get to a point someday in my career where I can feel, you know, pretty confident, you know, when people compare me to to those guys. This
0: might sound like kind of a dumb question, but from somebody who has never raced a car competitively in their lives and probably never will, how do you keep it straight in your mind when you go from a midget to a wing sprint to a non-wing sprint to a dirt late model to a stock car? To an indie car, adding that to the mix, like I understand that there's different disciplines for each of those different cars, but how do you keep it all straight in your mind and and remember where your braking points are, what buttons to push, et cetera, et cetera?
1: Yeah, well, thankfully there's no buttons to push really, in, in most of the stuff that I race. So that yeah, that true. honestly, is that's the that's the one thing I'm more most you know nervous about the indie car is like just remembering where everything is and being quick to get to it when they, when they tell me, I think that's honestly going to be the toughest adjustment for me on the oval there. But uh, as far as driving goes, I mean, once you, once you do it enough, you know, like I honestly don't even think about, which I'm going to have to think a lot when I get an Indy car, but like when I go from a sprint car to a cup car, or you know, a dirt lay model to a dirt midget, whatever, like I don't have to think about it really. Cause I've been doing it for so long. You know, when I, when I first started jumping between cars, you know, in 2011 and 12 is when I really would run a lot of different types of cars. Yeah. I mean, I would be sitting in staging before hot laps, like, you know, eyes closed, trying to imagine a lap and like, okay, I need to drive like this. But once you get enough experience of doing it, you at least for me, like, I don't even think twice about what I'm in. It's just, it kind of just comes natural and you hit the gas pedal and you feel the grip and you feel the speed and and that tells you when you need to lift, uh, you'll get in the corner.
0: Last thing for me, I, we've barely talked about the Cup Series and kind of the here and the now, but I'll bring it back to that. This is going to air while we're already in the playoffs, so hopefully you have a couple wins by now. You're all good. You're getting up those playoff <coughs> points. Chances of getting championship number two. Can you handicap those for us? Because I know earlier in the season, and a lot has changed since then, you said that it kind of had similar vibes to your 10-win title winning season back a couple years ago. So. Heading into the playoffs now, how are you feeling?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't, uh, I wouldn't say I I feel as confident as I did then, but I'm still super confident because you know, our race team is so strong. We've been through a lot this year, and and I feel like we've overcome a lot already to this point. Um, yeah. So I, I know, because we have won it before, I know we can do it. So, um this just this next gen era is so tough it's so tough to find much consistency and um i've not done a good job with that in the next gen era. so um but you know the playoff tracks shape up really well for us and our team especially that first round so i would love to you know, get some good runs in get some momentum and some confidence and you know maybe click off a couple wins get some bonus points you know for the next rounds and then it's a totally different story so um I still feel like we're, you know, top three or four of our team every week, you know, on speed. So, you know, just, it's just about executing the whole race, you know, on the racetrack, on the box, on pit road, all of that. So um, it's a long, tough 10 weeks, but uh, I know our team is ready for the challenge. And, and I know we have all the best people to you know, go attack the final 10 weeks.
0: Well said there. And I know you're ready for the challenge as well. So best of luck as we... Head into these playoffs, getting championship number two. I know we'll be chatting before we get to Phoenix, but I really appreciate your time here today and celebrating a milestone episode, which I know means nothing to you, but it's a big deal to me. So appreciate your time, Kyle. Young money with no O. Thank you, sir.
1: (laughs) Now, thanks and congratulations to you on the 200. That's pretty cool.
0: Thanks, man.
1: And we are
0: back. Man, I love it. I love that we got Kyle Larson on the show again. I cannot say thank you enough. I sound like a race car driver. Can't thank my guys enough. Can't thank Kyle enough for coming on again. He did not have to do it. And thank you to autumn as well at Hendrick Motorsports, my friend for helping coordinate this conversation. We went back and forth for a handful of weeks, maybe even months. I don't know. And uh, we got it on a schedule. We made it happen. So thank you to both of you guys for being willing and able to do this. Again, I said it once I'll say it again. This podcast is not a big, big deal. People don't really know about it. People might know my name, I don't know, but they don't know about the pod. And the fact that a guy of his stature um, was willing and able to come on to this show and chit-chat for a little bit, not going to lie, I'm pretty damn proud of it. And again, this podcast is never going to be a money-making venture for me because, spoiler alert, I don't make money off of this. I'm losing money, Uh, but I'm gaining experience, as they say. Uh, I'm just very proud that we're able to get him on, and we've been doing this for 200 straight episodes. And as Kyle said, too, it was kind of cool to hear, but he's right. 200 is a pretty big accomplishment. So I'm proud of myself, I'm proud of us, and I'm proud to say that Kyle Larson was our guest for episode 200. So thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Autumn. And thank you, everybody, for making it happen. Like I told you guys last week and told you a bit earlier in this show, I'm not in the United States right now when you're listening to this, so I did watch and follow along with the Cookout Southern 500 as much as I possibly could over the weekend. I'm not going to look into the future and predict who won, but I will say that it probably was a wild, crazy, long race. Um, and I will be back next week to recap Kansas and preview Bristol, but this isn't going to be a segment where we chit-chat about the race, and I've already chit-chat a little bit about episode 200 and kind of what that means and everything, but... Again, not to get super cheesy or emotional. I'm I'm not gonna cry, probably not, but just thank you guys. this is this has been a labor of love. Um, for those of you that have known me for a really, really long time, and if you're still listening, you're probably a member of my family at this point. But you've known that this is kind of all I've wanted, right, in my career. I've just wanted to talk about racing, whether that's on the radio, whether that's on a podcast, on TV, write about it, anything, right? Ever since I kind of decided what I wanted to do with my career and majored in journalism in college, that is kind of what I have pursued. And, you know, everybody, every Tom, Dick, and Harry has a podcast. That's kind of the joke. And I always joke that the NASCAR podcast space is really randomly crowded. Uh, And it's for good reason. There's a ton of great content creators out there, great minds that always want to speak up and speak out. And they do a really good job of it, so... I'm not trying to like diminish what I do here or minimize it because, you know, there's a lot of people out there. Not a lot of people. There's probably some people out there that this is a legitimate listening thing for them every single week. But I know that it's not a huge deal. Um, but the fact that you guys listen, it is a huge deal to me. And I really, really do mean that. So for dad, your support to all the way back segments, Mama Siegel with your Kachigas, um, and everybody else who who kind of just pitches into Support this venture emotionally, right? Mentally, because there's no financial incentive with this. I just really want to say thank you. And I'm not going to stop doing it anytime soon. You know, if my schedule gets to a certain point where I got to kind of reevaluate things, that will be a legitimate conversation and thought process to have whenever the time comes. I will cross that bridge when I get to it. I know this podcast is not going to live forever, but for the time that we still got left with it, uh, I want to enjoy it, and I will say too, by the way, I hope that this actually does not go on forever, and actually maybe dies off soon, which means that I will be getting some more professional opportunities that I would like to get, and move on to bigger and better things, not to minimize this, you know what I'm saying, but anyways, I'm just so appreciative and and proud that we've gotten this far, and if we've gotten this far, then there's no telling what episode 250, 300, 350, 400, I don't know, when are we going to stop counting episodes? Uh, there's no telling what that stuff holds. So for the last four plus years, goodness gracious, I'm old. Uh, thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. I so appreciate your loyalty, your time, your support, everything that it takes, whether you know it or not. If you listen to this show, it really, really warms my heart and it makes me happy and proud to say that I'm doing this for you guys. So with that, I will leave you all alone and let you get back to the rest of your day, the rest of your week. We'll be back next week with another guest from the world of motorsports. Just like usual, people, even though this is a landmark episode, we don't stop, we don't quit, we're going to keep grinding. So I will enjoy the rest of my time out in Europe. I hope you enjoy the racing action at Kansas this weekend, and I hope you stick around for the next 200 episodes. Take it easy, party people. I love you. We'll catch you next time.